Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of... Let's have a drink. El Had, the wonderful, beautiful, fun oh, weekly podcast H-A-D. where we sit back, relax, and have a delicious beverage. Welcome back, everybody, to Hello. Let's Have a Drink, episode 98. 98. We are slowly coming up to that beautiful, glorious 100th episode, and we are so excited to, to share some surprises with you guys. Yeah. Um, so stay tuned. Uh, take a look at our social media when the episode 100 drops. Uh, we'll let you guys know what we're what we're planning in the in the we behind the scenes here. Lots of fun here. stuff in store. We're yes, a lot of fun stuff in store. Another highlight we uh we still have our brand new pint glasses available for I guess you want to call it pre order. Um, yeah. If you guys are interested in purchasing a glass of your own, we're gonna order more down the line. Yes, um, yeah, we already gotten know. a few uh, responses on our Facebook page. So yeah, we uh, definitely send us a message or comment on the previous post that uh, talks about our glasses. Um, we will definitely um write you down to be able to get those. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Organized. We will get them. Um, they're 15 bucks a piece. Uh, beautiful, thick quality uh, pint glasses. Um, mm-hmm. They can fit uh, even more than a tall boy. So that's always yeah, good. Yeah, there's still a bit of room. So that's um, a really good. Uh, and we, we love them so much. Thanks so much to the Tartan and Moose. Yes. Shout out to the Tartan Moose. Uh, Tartan local Moose. adjacent business in Hamilton. Yes. Um, and Bill completely does everything on her own, and she does a fantastic job. So a lot of handmade crafts, decor, yeah. uh, merchandise, all mm-hmm. the all the things. So uh, can't wait uh, to to utilize her uh, creativeness again and her her expertise. Um, Absolutely. More sponsors. How about more? Uh, yeah. Honestly. Hello Fresh. Guys, we haven't talked about HelloFresh in it's a while. Been a while, but we still have been getting it and eating it, and enjoying it. Yeah. Yes. Uh, tonight's beautiful meal was a buffalo chicken salad. Oh, one boy. of the better salad meals we've had. From was that them. like crunchy onions that were put scallions. on top? Scallions. Crispy scallions. Crispy scallions. They add a whole another layer. To they that really meal. do. So yeah, it was a, a spinach salad with tomato, um, the buffalo chicken, feta cheese, and a garlic dill uh, dressing that was definitely giving me like blue cheese vibes. It was creamy. It was delicious. Uh, shout out to HelloFresh. Yes. Um, you know, we do it in a, a four meals a week basis. Yes. We usually focus on some carb smart, calorie smart options, but HelloFresh makes it super easy for us guys. They have that all planned. They they give us basically 20 different meals to choose from every week and we pick four and yeah. we, we get to customize them on our own regard. Uh, their prices are fantastic and they are delivered uh, very, very quick uh, yes. every week. If you guys yes. are interested in HelloFresh for yourself, we have free box coupons. We do have free box um, coupons. That we are definitely looking to, to give away um, to help you guys out as, as listeners. Uh, if you guys are interested in trying HelloFresh for yourself, shoot us a DM on uh, Instagram, Facebook, any any sort of message on any sort of our social media. Yeah. Um, we'll hook you guys up. Absolutely, we will. The meals are delicious and they're healthy and they're quick and they're fun. Um, so- it takes a lot of the like stress and indeci- indecisiveness that I found that I was used to have doing meal prep. Um, so it's really fantastic. It also really gets to kind of you, it, it gets you exposed to different flavors and ways of cooking things that like I know we never even thought of uh, before. So it's definitely improved um, that aspect of things as well. And it yes. just is really fun to be able to go out of your comfort zone, but still have the instruction there so that, you know, you're doing it right. And uh, it comes out really, really deliciously. Yes, they're very easy to follow. Recipes are incredibly easy. Yeah. Usually half an hour meal. That's insanely step by fast. Step. For it actually gets you comfortable with the timing of meals as well. Yes. So yeah. Yes. Yes. Exactly that. Um, so yeah. Don't don't uh, hesitate to reach out, and we'll yeah. hook you guys up. Absolutely. All right. Okay. With that out of the way, what's that housekeeping out of the way? Yeah, housekeeping. Yeah. Without yeah. the housekeeping out of the way, guys, 
new beer this week. New week, new beer. New week, new beer on Let's okay, Have a Drink. Okay, so friends, um, I am going to slowly start talking about this beer if Curtis wants to crack it open for the ASMR. I'm going to ASMR can crack here. Ready? Oh, that's good. Nice. Awesome. Okay. What do we got, Rod? So we have the, um, okay, so it is Grand River Brewing. Um, it's the juicy IPA from them. Um, so zero bitterness doesn't mean a less flavorful beer and Grand Ave is here to prove it. So it's their Grand Ave juicy IPA from Grand Brewing, Grand River Brewing. Our Look hops. pour. Ooh, that's a good pour. I fucking, it's perfect. That's a good pour. Uh, our hops are added post Whirlpool in what is called a hop stand, which adds a punch of hop flavor with incredibly juicy aroma. The result is a beer packed with notes of tropical fruits, gooseberries, and subtle pine that defines what you would expect. It'll be grand. Wow. Yeah, and Grand River Brewing is out of Vaughan, Ontario. Vaughan, that's interesting. Vaughan, yeah. I think this is a new brewery for us, to be honest. Yes, I think it is as well. I do not remember. As far as I know, no. at least not on the pod. We, I'm definitely like a, you know, logo, uh, you know, brand recognizing, you know, person. So I don't, and I don't recognize their logo at all. So, or their can art, whatever. So oh. this is a really good IPA. This oh. is really, really tasty. It's got I those find underlying fruit tones like you mentioned. I, it's honestly, so um, one thing I do notice that because of my palate, like, I'm fine with that is IPAs really do have that bitter like catch on the end of it when yeah. you are sipping in that aftertaste it's very apparent um still the same amount of hoppiness that you're getting in like haziness that's true. that's true but it is smooth it is a very smooth like for an IPA especially a 6.5 um this is marketed as a strong beer and as IPAs go like this is definitely on par um but the aroma from it hops. too is like amazing. Tropical fruits, gooseberries, and subtle pine. I was going to say it kind of tasted nutty, but I think it's the pine. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. that's like kind of the pine undertone of yeah. um, something a little bit more yeah. rich in, in flavor and not hoppy yeah. or fruity. Yeah. There's definitely something that's more of um, that rich, like kind of nutty flavor. Wow, it is really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awkward silence. Yeah, sorry, Anyways. there was an awkward silence. I was trying to find what words I wanted next, and you were reading you guys the can. Didn't, you guys didn't, uh, cut, like, your your audio didn't cut. That was literally us. Um, <laughs> Grand, River, Grand River Brewing. I like their logo. That's kind of yeah, neat. Yeah, it's, 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 like it's a a super fun. It's essentially just a map with the uh, location, and it has a little Grand Ave looking like a street sign. Oh, no, their so. logo on the on the other oh. side. It's like it's like a beer tap. Oh, it is. The, the G, G is in the shape of a beer tap. That's awesome. That is really cool. That is really neat. Super cool. So yeah, guys, check it out. Grand River Brewing. Um, if, you guys, if you guys see them in your local uh, beer store or LCBO and you guys, it, if it's not even this one, if it's not their Juicy IPA, yeah. um, and you guys grab any of them, or if you've had them in the past, yeah. um, let us know what, what some of the other beer tastes like because- Absolutely. We'd love to try it. Us, and yeah. uh, we would definitely want to keep our eyes out for mm. anything. We, we're open to, to a lot of different beers, um, like a lot of stuff that's on the market right now. And I'm really Absolutely. looking forward to the summer time yeah. where more breweries are going to release a bunch of new stuff. Because I think in the winter, it's like a little bit of a dead season. I don't think – well, actually, I shouldn't say that. But I don't know. It just feels like lately especially, there hasn't been a lot of beer releases. No, I feel like too with a lot of these breweries, they do um, you know, rely on 
tap house selling and like sure. actually like really you know a retail shop outside by the brewery or they do actually like you know they have a full like kitchen open where people can come eat and drink and uh, i feel like with that it's been especially with like the shutdowns where like you literally cannot be there right um i'd imagine that that kind of interrupted things quite a bit so I, I would imagine their necessity is to focus on the stuff that they may have already had on the go, or maybe they're limiting right. their selection right now so that they can kind of keep that going. Uh, yeah, things, must have, things in terms of making new beers must have been slower. Yeah, and I'm and wondering too. they were like, we're going to take it slow, yeah. Yeah, and like with certain uh, industries, you know, the supply chains are really kind of like effed up right now. So I'm almost w- wondering true. too that maybe they're just not having as much access to certain things. This is all speculation. If you work in the industry, let us know. Very um, much so. We'd actually love to understand a little bit more as to how this sort of stuff has affected things like um not just like restaurants but places like breweries and distilleries. Um but yeah, so that that's I mean that's imagine I imagine that that's what the issue would be there. Yeah. Or, some or if, if, even if you're like a brewmaster and you're, you're one of those people who makes these brews, like, cause you'd be sort of in that realm of yeah. like, why, why, like, why is there something that we're missing about what goes into making yeah. it that maybe COVID's kind of thrown a wrench into maybe slowed the process, limited the process. We'd love to be able to learn about that. So definitely reach out to us. Or if you know someone in the industry, um, you know, Tell ask them some questions pa- yeah. pa- pass on the pass on the pass info because we love to learn because i'm i'm super interested i, I want to know because we there's a bunch of breweries in niagara and mm-hmm. in like the gta that we love yeah and we we always love every new beer they have and they've been slow too so yeah. i'm curious as to what maybe their stuff in the works which i'm fingers crossed i'm for. thinking that also be could what it is wow could be what it is yeah i definitely had a bit of a stroke i swear i've only had like two sips of the, of the beer <laughs> um but yeah, so that, you know, let us know if that could be what it is or if there's other things going on with um, maybe the length of time that certain um, beers need to, you know, yeah, ferment, cook, whatever. I, I do. I, th- I, have, I think I have that in my mind because last year that's what happened. I do remember last mm. year, like summer kind of hit and I felt like there were so many new drinks to partake I feel like in. it's a, a easier to play around with flavors for the summertime. For sure. I will say. You know what? No one needs to come back is what? that Muskoka tropical wheat. Absolutely. Yeah. That orange can, that beautiful was looking. Very One good. of the best beers. Jack Astor's had that on their tap. That was really good. And we fell in love with it. We had it yeah. every time we went to went there. The and Jack Astor's on Ontario Street. It was the Street. most refreshing after work hot summer day beer. One yeah. of the one of the best for sure. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um anyways, guys, new beer this week. Uh we hope you guys um Love our, our little description. What's up, Ryan? Oh, my ankle's really itchy. Okay. Anyways, um, I'm going to try and ignore We do have a fun-filled uh, packed episode, but... We do. I'm going to be talking lots this episode, guys. We, we we have... Yes, that is true. This is a versus a Ryan-centric episode. It is. But there's a couple things I do want to mention. Yeah. Um, but now that we've reviewed the beer, we have one little thing to get out of the way before we jump into all of the conversation. Absolutely. And it's that intro. Let's Ooh. get it started. Roll it. Let's have it. back everybody welcome back from that wonderful wonderful intro thank you guys so much for staying with us so what i said it's obviously a ryan centric episode i'm yes. talking so much because i know ryan's gonna take it away yeah that's what i'm feeling on. i'm like i can't get a word in edgewise no that's just, sometimes that is me um but a couple things to mention mm-hmm. ryan got a new tattoo i sure did we love 
Uh, we have a bunch of tattoos ourselves, and yep. you know, with between the two of us. Yep. It was, it was, that was it was, really tough to get out. That was really tough for you. I've also only sentence. had a couple sips. Yeah. So, um, yeah, as we probably mentioned, I think on a previous episode, Curtis graciously and lovingly got me a certificate to, um, you know. The, the tattoo parlor of my choice, uh, Three Keys Tattoo uh, here in Shout St. Catharines. Shout tattoo. out to Three Keys. Um, Jen, the, you know, she, it's her studio. She's done, or parlor, I guess. She has done all of my tattoos, including mm-hmm. my most recent one. Uh, you've gone there yourself for your second one. I did. Um, so yeah, um, he got me a little guest certificate there. I had a consultation set up to book an appointment, and that appointment was on the 4th this past Friday. Yeah, the, I got the guest certificate as sort of that little nudge to go, Ryan, go get the tattoo you've been talking about for the last year and a half. Yes. And Ryan went with the thought in mind and said, I have these sort of theme, you yes. know, this kind of image in my mind. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, as tattoo artists go, they are very creative and they are the artists that can create something magnificent. And that's the thing is like knowing, um, and this would be for anybody, but especially Jen, because I've seen how she's kind of, you know, made things work better and she has a really great knowledge. Yeah. And uh, I, I knew what elements I wanted and I just trusted her to be able to put it together for it to look good. Right. Um, and she did a really fantastic job. I love that tattoo more than I thought I would. It's on, yeah, yeah. It's on. I think a, it's just because it's another. It's a new tattoo. Absolutely. And I just love tattoos. Um, it's on my right forearm. It takes up most of the space. It's basically if you've ever seen the minimalistic uh, like line art of the like female figures. Yeah. Um. So mine is where it's just basically um like her shoulders up where it's like her nose and mouth on her face. And then uh, basically from the eyes up through the top of her head, it's all like florals and like leaves. Um, I specifically chose peonies and violets. Violet is the uh, birth flower of February. And I just really love peonies as you well. Do. The look yeah, at them. That's true. Um, so I just thought they'd be a really great flower combination to have. Um, as well as just like obviously the greenery as well. The the kind of like the longer frondy looking it, yeah leaves. no it's it's a large tattoo it's very very nice and i can't mm-hmm. wait for you to to fall in love with it more over the summer i honestly am so obsessed you can and i can't wait t-shirts to... and like get dressed up nicely and, yes. and have your arm showing glimpse it in the photos yeah. and it'll be super nice and the placement of it is is really fantastic because it does um really take a up a good amount of real estate and um i'm planning on specifically or at least firstly um on my right arm um kind of doing that whole lower forearm area where the tattoo is mm-hmm. but around completely to the top side i guess you would say or outside um getting it completely done in right. a half sleeve so um and kind of like pulling from the elements of this continuing on around so it all kind of like is cohesive and makes sense yeah um and the way that it's shaped i think it'll be really easy to do that so i'm super excited for that yeah no it's uh made me think about getting a new tattoo but after my first two i'm i'm stumped on what what's going to yeah. come next. Meanwhile, I, I have like my six planned. My, yeah. My first one, I was like immediately had to get it, which is why it was my first. My second one was like, it's not so much showing. So I was like, I don't care as much about what this one is. So I was like, but yeah. it's the green lantern logo. Um, but I do want something on my left forearm, like underneath rather than like up, up close. Yeah. Um, and I think I kind of want to, I just thinking about it now, I want to do something like computer related, like mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. So I, I kind of want to get like, Something written in binary here. That would be cool. I just don't know what it yeah, would say. For so, sure. We'll see. Yeah. Um, yeah, but that's uh, I, we love new tattoos here. So yeah, absolutely. So um, I'm super fired up about it. Yeah. Next thing I want to mention was last week we I talked about or mentioned briefly after okay. the intro that you were just staring off in the distance and you looked absolutely stunning. 
uh, and your nanny took it upon herself to send me some of you, uh, some pictures of you when you were younger, oh, no. looking just as stunning. Oh, no. If not more stunning. Oh, no. Um, I will oh, show them to you later. No, 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 But this has no, been a private no, conversation no, with your no. nanny and I. Um, it, they're absolutely adorable. You're like the funniest kid. Actually, no. I, you might know this photo. Because <laughs> she's she's packing. So she's finding all oh, these Oh, she's packing at the house. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. She found... It looked like a picture of you, your face. Yeah. Head cropped onto... What I think is Hillary Duff. Oh my God! It's like a little purple, like cardigan yeah. and like hot pants. I, is it? A purple oh my cardigan? God! I can't even. No, I know exactly what photo you're talking about. It's like a random black and white photo of like my face and, and kind white. of like, or is oh. it? Or is this like a sepia tone one? Yeah. Oh my God! It, who, who is that? Is that JoJo? I, I honestly don't even think it's a famous. I can't remember. I don't know where that photo came from. Outrageous I just rem- characters by Smart Industries. I think it was like one of those, you know, those like generators where you could like put is somebody's Jen Aniston. Who is that? you could put somebody's like photo, like You're so young. You had like the cardstock or not cardstock, but like basically just like the, um, like you'd have images where like the face would be like blanked out, so you could put a photo into it. Yes, I think that's where it came from. I don't know where it came from specifically. So literally so. just your face with like the skin tones completely on so, that. So nanny, I need you to give some more context because I personally cannot think back in my brain bank and remember where this came from, and I need the history behind it. I know exactly what photo it is. There's another sepia tone one that you oh, might be God. referring to. Oh no, this one. Oh. <laughs> I look Ryan just not looks, impressed. Ryan, she basically, there's a couple things that I notice. One, she looks high for and for like probably an eight year old. That so, is a little stressed. Um, she also looks like she just got her wisdom teeth out. Like her mouth is like open. No, I was. Um, you know what happened is I, I'm pretty sure that was like one of the years that I went to the Bread and Honey Festival with my aunt, or we were downtown Streetsville somewhere. I was with my aunt. She took the photo, and I was just like. I was like all like Miss Fashionista and I think we were like walking and talking and she like snapped the photo in the middle of me talking and then there's another one that's like kind of blurry that it's like black and white somewhere. I'd have to look look back in like old albums. Um, but there's another one that looks a lot more like artistic. Yeah. Whereas that one I just look really dopey in it but that is too funny. Yeah. So I just thought that was a nice wow. little uh, fun little extra thing that's been going on. Wow. Just when I, when, you know. Life humbles you in ways that you weren't expecting. <laughs> oh my god! Humbling? I wouldn't consider those photos humbling for you, babe. But <laughs> thanks. Not your best work. Uh- <laughs> yeah, not my best work at all. So thank you, Nanny, for I'm calling me out I'm with those uh, throwback photos. That is too funny. Yeah. Oh my um, gosh. And then uh, extra little tidbit: we aren't gonna go uh, deep dive into this, but we did see the new Batman. We did. The Batman with Robert Pattinson. Um, we aren't going to deep dive into this one. We I think definitely are going to talk about it at some point. We, we, we probably should. Um, but I would probably, like to. Probably not to the deepest depths where we usually go with our Marvel content because I yes. think we're definitely a Marvel-centric podcast. Yes, as much as I would love to stuff. really, really chat about uh, it. But there is a lot of DC movies coming up this year. There's a lot of new movies from the DCEU yeah. uh, Entertainment Universe. So uh, we are excited to, to get those kind of rolling. And I think... They're all gonna kind of tie together, so it would only make sense that we kind of yes. jump on that wagon. But yeah. so yeah, I feel like maybe like end of year or after like a big chunk of the movies come out, we can do a bit of like an evaluation or review of the state of affairs for DC. I think. We we definitely should do that. Yeah, but, I think uh, that we might will, be. A we will give dedicated episodes. But to what I will movies. say, um, just as like a general, if you're thinking about watching it. Go watch it. Mm. If you even mm-hmm. remotely like superhero movies or even remotely like Batman, and this is coming from someone who really does love Batman, yep. 
He's my favorite superhero. Um, Hands down. Hands down one of the best Such a good movie. So well done. Wonderful performances. The atmosphere is crazy. The score is awesome. I I can't. It's so good. There's there's so many words to describe this movie and none of them are bad. I truly think there was... This is one of those masterpiece films that... um, Name that director, whoever, fill in the blank here. Um, you know, great, great, great yeah. work. Great I think film. for the people who were waiting for... I, Who's the director? Know, what? Who directed it? This one? Yeah. I honestly can't place the oh, director. If I'm being honest, I don't know. I know more of the actors. So that's in the what movie. I was saying by like... Phone no, I know like I know more of the actors in this movie, if I'm being perfectly gotcha. honest. Um, that's on me. I would love to actually look up who directed it and, and give them yeah, the I guess. credit for it. But what I will say is obviously the, the biggest kind of... Other than like the Justice League movies and the the newer um, like Batman v Superman, I'm sorry, I'm definitely gonna sneeze. <coughs> Away from the mic, thanks. <coughs> wow, it's real on this podcast today. Yeah, it's real very real. Sneezes. We're, this is all live, no cuts. I'm legitimately taking Ryan's sneeze and putting it into a soundbite, and that's my new that's my new Twitch. That's gonna be the that's gonna sound. be no, that's gonna be the clip that we'll post on the story for the sneak peek to the episode. It's yeah. just me sneezing far away way, from the mic. If you guys have a soundbite of Ryan sneezing, here it is. <laughs> ah, too. Okay. Anyways, um, so yeah, if you know, since other than like the Ben Affleck Batman, basically, the biggest bet of it we had was Christian Bale and Nolan's Dark Knight trilogy. Um other than, you know, what had happened after Keaton's Batman. Like, yeah. we've only had a few decent iterations of it. Oh, I um, and, you know, if you've been waiting for a really good Batman story, like live action, because as far as I'm concerned, the animated universe has been killing it. Um, yeah. But if you've been really waiting for a good back to basics of, like, you know, Batman as he is of the, you know, detect- like world's greatest detective in a gritty Gotham that has secrets a hidden very everywhere. Gotham, yes. Like if you're like a it's, traditional, if you're looking for a traditional Batman story, well done, put onto a live action, you know, silver screen, go watch this yep. movie. It is so worth it. It is 100% worth it. Definitely a good start and a good refresh from what uh, the DC for those who are familiar with the can com- do. Yeah. They have a lot of a lot of yeah. potential here. Yeah. I think I I did see a quote that the director had um, the director of this movie had an interview. Uh, he basically quoted like he, he made a comment towards Christopher Nolan was like, "We're coming for you." Yep. We want to make the best Batman we can ever make. It honestly, I am so invested in this universe and the way they ended up ending off things, they can either leave it as is or they can t- continue on with their own trilogy series, whatever. Yeah. If they decide to do that, as long as they keep it to the thought and the the caliber and like grounded like writing that they're doing with this this version of Batman in this universe, I'm here for it. If they just keep up that level of dedication to the the content, I am 100% there. Agreed. 100% agreed. Yeah. Um, we love this movie and we highly recommend it. So if you guys are interested Absolutely. in that DC Entertainment Universe stuff, the Batman is out and we yes. we suggest you go watch that in yep. theaters especially i'm not gonna too. lie guys it is long you won't feel it in the viewing experience but you're gonna have to block out some time some people might um i i've known people that might feel like it is three hours but i personally did not which I is didn't. also yep. really good yep um so yeah big shout out there yeah that's that's our little tidbit for that little tidbits there
So anyways, yes. on to the real nitty-gritty stuff of this episode. On to it, friends. What, is this a what is this, rabbit hole? This is a rabbit hole. So I uh, mentioned it in the last episode. Um, you know, we had posted on the Instagram even earlier than that that we were trying to narrow down some topic choices for a rabbit hole episode because we hadn't done it in a while. It's one of my favorites to do. It just takes some time to get the prep work done um, rather than some of the other stuff that we can kind of take, you know, five to ten minutes or do on the fly. So... Um, what and I am also completely in the blind of what the yep, fuck we're doing. I this purposely week, so. have avoided giving Curtis any sort of details so he can kind of listen along with you guys Come and ask questions and with react. me. Exactly. He is your audience stand in to be able to funnel any sort of reaction. Your lifeline. Yes. Yes. He's the Keanu Reeves of this episode. That's a weird reference. What is that reference? No. So basically, like, there's a, especially in action movies, there's always like. The kind of like blank slate protagonist um, who is the kind of the audience plug into the story. Oh. Um, so, yeah, sure, they have maybe some sort of personality or traits, but they're very much more kind of like basic in line with all the other secondary characters in the story that are more um, vibrant. Interesting. Um, yeah. And so, like, it's always like that, like the hero of it. So, Keanu Reeves, like a lot of his. Are big, you calling like, me a hero? Ah, got you there. Oh boy. Oh. Anyways, so Keanu Reeves, it's it's kind of like a, a running joke slash like also actually a really good point that he tends to play a lot of characters in that in action movies that are that kind of like audience insert so they can kind of live their own like fulfillment and fantasy. Right. Like, oh, what if I was like Neo or what if I was whatever insert character here? So gotcha. Yeah, that's that was just sorry, just a little bit of a. I'm okay being movie analysis um, reference being referenced to, to to Keanu Reeves. So that's yeah, totally fine I kind of figured because you know you love John Wick. Anyways, I do. So, um, what ended up winning on the poll was true crime slash like spooky paranormal. Sick. And um, <laughs> but a very close second was. Anyways, what was a very close second was like weird phenomena. Yes. I kind of wanted to, for this one, kind of bring what I saw as a little bit of amalgamation of everything. Um, it kind of just dawned on me. The fact that you know of an amalgamation of all of those things mm -hmm. makes me so scared for your brain. Your, your fun little brain. <laughs> My fun little brain. It's like it's a Mr. Toad's so, wild ride up in here. Something's going on up there. <laughs> yeah, just something. Something's going on. If you don't hear about so, me. And I, I, you know, we love talking about movies and television mm -hmm. as well. So really, yes. So here we go. Um, there was a little, you know, fun, crazy, silly broadcast in the '90s on BBC called Ghost Watch. Ghost Watch. It's essentially a like found footage mockumentary style one-hour special on a paranormal haunting in just like a regular residential home in, on the outskirts of London. When you say, isn't mockumentary supposed to be like a pair, like a funny? Um, yes and no. Like sometimes they're taken a little bit more seriously because okay. it's like, it's essentially a mockumentary is like built to be like documentary style, but it's not like an act. It's not like actual life. Okay. It's like been scripted and casted like specifically. Oh yes. Got Usually you. it's more on the like satire ish end gotcha. of things. And that's that where makes, the comedy comes sense. from, but it doesn't always necessarily need to be that I way. I see what you mean. So I, with this, I, you know, it covers paranormal, it covers kind of commentary on like quote unquote true stories and it also kind of created like a weird kind of like fever pitch of a reaction afterwards and i thought it was kind of like a really fun thing to start getting in the habit of doing a deep dive again on the podcast on stuff and um something you know that is of interest so yeah 
I have, so I have a few sources that I want to shout out that kind of helped inform a lot of the synopsis on what happens. Um, then I'm going to get into a few notes on explaining the production behind everything and like how this all got started. So we're talking about Ghost Watch. So we're talking about Ghost Watch. So it is a one hour special and I'll get more into this on the BBC um, that basically uh, documents a pair, a quote unquote true paranormal investigation. Okay. The way the BBC did this and the people behind it, um, or I should say more so, and it's not necessarily BBC, but the people who developed it, like the the writer, you know, and that sort of stuff, um, their dedication to keeping it as authentic as possible while the broadcast was on was insane. And it definitely, I think, helped in how it became such a like cult following of a of a piece of media later on because of that level of like you know dedication to authenticity and something that is scripted so it's definitely it's a very popular um mockumentary um would you say yeah so it was um i would say more so now more so Um, now after it aired there was a bit of and i'll get into it there was a bit of controversy that kind of had the bbc try and erase as much of its existence as possible when it comes to uh media outlets mentioning oh, interesting. it interesting yeah, yeah yeah it's a whole thing okay so i don't want i don't want if you yeah. if you already have so i just kind of wanted to go through so how i'm going to talk about this and we'll get into all the yeah Sorry so and that. then I'm really so i'm going to talk now. about the production and the broadcast and that uh, the broadcast itself and kind of the story behind it um and then the aftermath and like co- some of the controversies so um, some sources I want to shout out. So two of them are YouTube videos. Um, and then one of them is just a little bit of extra. There's like a little bit of a quote that I have from one of sure. the the creators of it um, from the Guardian uh, Guardian article. So um, on YouTube, there's a channel called Inside of Mind. And uh, their uh, video, the BBC's most controversial TV show, um, is a really great um, kind of like walk through the production. It's probably where I got most of like the the behind the scenes stuff. stuff sorry I totally yeah. sorry I just hit the arm um the most behind the scenes things about the production itself is from this video they right. did fantastic research um so definitely check them out if you're interested in kind of exploring things further getting right. some extra context to what I'm kind of paraphrasing here um yeah and then the other YouTube video that I watched to kind of like bolster some of the stuff and reaffirm and um, confirm some of the info I got from the other sources was also in this video. So it's the YouTube channel You Have Been Watching Films, um, and it's called Ghost Watch How to Frighten a Nation. And then the Garden, Guardian article by George Bass, um, or, or Bass, um, is How We Made BBC Mockumentary Ghost Watch. Okay, so are you going to be talking more about... Um the controversy of it all on the on like the BBC side or are you going to focus on what the fuck they talked about so i'm kind of you're covering cuz i i cuz talking about what the paranormal event was interests me a lot more oh yeah so i'm going to get in i'm honestly getting into all of it with a greater okay. focus on the actual like um the the point behind it and and the actual like um uh content within it cool um i definitely want to get into it more because the actual like content and what they end up talking about and exploring i think is super important to like why it's endured the way it has but then obviously like you know i am going to talk a little bit on the controversy as to why like maybe some people really haven't heard about it unless they've discovered it randomly recently on the internet somewhere do you would you be surprised if um one of our listeners have heard about it um honestly yes unless they're like really into kind of exploring a lot of aspects of the horror genre um 
just now, how purely... long have you how long have you known about this um i would say a few years because it had so i have a subscription to shutter which is basically netflix but it's like only like horror and thriller media that is true um and it actually popped up on there the one day and i was interested and in i hadn't heard of it and i googled it and looked it up on youtube to kind of get some context and then that's where i found some of these videos okay, cool. um so the inside of mine i've actually already watched before gotcha. um which made me you know, I got a little, I'd say about five minutes into the video and I was like, Hey, I'm going to watch ghost watch. So then I went and watched it and then I finished the video and, uh, it honestly, um, uh, is probably up there with one of my, like, you know, favorite things that I've watched within the horror media genre. That's interesting. And it's a really great example of like how to do more of a found footage style and have it make sense and have it be super fun. And it's really, it was a really interactive thing and yeah there's some funny things about the aftermath of it all and there's some unfortunate tragic things but we'll get to all that all right get a good sip of your beer in get hydrated yeah, i was gonna say i've got to uh you gotta hydrate up libations keep that in here. your hand because you never know when you might need to dehydrate mm. um i'm looking okay. forward to this i'm really excited uh let's give I a big switch my hands a here. quiet big slash big round of applause to ryan for putting this together for us this yes, week absolutely. rabbit hole number i had a lot two, of fun i think i think this is only the second one yeah yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's get Any into it. Any whoosie wetsies. Okay. So just to start, uh, there was a English writer, Stephen Volk, V-O-L-K. Um, and he originally had uh, come up with the idea of a six-part supernatural series, uh, late 80s, because Ghost Watch came out in 1992. It actually, that's, like, that's when it aired. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, probably one of the earlier examples of a found footage. Like this is pre-Blair Witch as well, because mm-hmm. um, Blair Witch came out in uh, 99. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously like Cannibal Holocaust from League earlier than that. But anyways, I'm going to get, I don't want to get too into other stuff. Anyways, right. he came up with the, the idea of this, you know, six part supernatural series that followed a young female reporter who would stop at all these places that were supposed to be like haunted locations and do like mini investigations. Um, and then the final one. So the sixth episode was supposed to be the way he thought about it was going to be like a live broadcast where anything and everything that could go wrong would go wrong. Right. So he ended up pitching this um, around to different, you know, people within the industry. His agent, I guess, had gotten back to him through whichever, you know, place. Sorry, my nose got like really itchy all of a sudden. Guys. Okay. It was really awful timing. Um, but got back to him and said, you know, I think this is a really great idea. But how about it'll probably be much easier to sell as like a one hour special. Okay. So he's like, yeah, sure, whatever. But he's like, um, he was totally down with it. But he's like, if we're doing a one-hour special, then it needs to be based off of what I had the idea to do in the sixth episode. I was going to say, that's going to take a lot we're to gonna six condense, episodes into an hour. Yeah, we're going to condense everything down and just make it around the one case as a live broadcast. Right. Um, so a lot of this, his kind of like motivation behind this is that he had always thought that the scariest things to him were stories or happenings that were based off of something that was quote unquote real or felt like a real story. You know, that sense that if it actually could happen in real life or you had a certain amount of what was like plausible, believable evidence, that's what makes it even more scary. Mm -hmm. So that's what he essentially wanted to do. Um, So his agent was totally down and um, the BBC wanted to have that special done for Halloween night. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's sort of, um, that is uh, definitely a thing in our time of like, mm-hmm. 
release things around Halloween for like scary movies, like Halloween, the or series just like Halloween stuff. specific things. Yeah, like, yeah. you know, a lot of TV, popular um, TV shows will have like Halloween themed episodes, that sort of thing. Yeah. But this one specifically, you know, the BBC, I think, had always like done stuff yearly, like annually on Halloween. Yeah. Um, so they were like, hey, we'd love to do this, but. Just in a one-hour well, So in 1992, how popular were, like, was, how, was horror, thriller, like, because oh. was that, like, around the time where Jason stuff was starting, or was that too oh, late, too J- early? Oh, Jason was well-established. So this would be, like, post, um, this would probably be towards the end of, like, the height of slasher movies. Gotcha. That got really popularized in the 80s. when was Scream 1 released? Scream 1 was 96. Right. Um, I'd say... So there was a little bit of a downfall and then a, and then, then a hype. In the slasher genre itself. Yeah, I so see. Scream kind of brought that back. Um, but you have things like, you know, higher caliber... Well, not higher caliber horror, but like horror being seen, you know, and recognized more mainstream, even though a lot of people just put thriller on it, even though it literally is like right. a horror movie. Um, but you have, you know, this is... I think, I think it was like 91 that... Um, Unless, correct me if I'm wrong, it could have been later. Anyways, early 90s, though, this is like Silence of the Lambs was happening. Cool. That sort of thing. And, you know, they won an Oscar da, 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 around the same era. So there is, you know, um, horror media that out there that was popular. But I definitely think it was still very much in the sense of, you know, a lot of people wrote it off as very, like, lowbrow stuff like they do Makes now. Um, but, yeah, still pretty popular. Cool. Um, okay. So basically the idea is, as I said, they would present it as completely straight. True. This is like real evidence being documented at this very moment. Uh-huh. Um, entirely real life interview investigative type special. So they would have like the reporter um, on the ground talking with people, that sort of thing. And you said it was scripted. So like, did they actually get, you know, actors around that time or was it just so more, or less, more or less? Okay. okay so I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Um, so basically to help take the realism a step further, um, Volk wanted to bring in kind of like well-recognized and trusted faces in British media. Um, so there was a basically well-known presenter named Michael Parkinson and the point. Oh, when they say real people, you mean like actual real reporters and stuff? Cause it oh. was supposed to be like, oh, a, yeah. it was like a reported live thing. I see. Yeah, so the way it's set up is that they had a, you know, there would be a part of the broadcast coming from a studio, and then they would be talking back and forth Mm -hmm. and reporting back and forth with uh, reporters on the ground at the location of the haunting. Yes. So, so they would get actual reporters. Yes, so there was gotcha. a well-known presenter named Michael Parkinson. He um, would host from the studio. There was a um, a woman named Sarah Green who was a big like children's TV presenter. Oh. She was going to be the young like female reporter that would be doing cool. the all the cool. in-person stuff. Um, her husband actually read the script. His name was Mike Smith. I I guess he did a lot of stuff with her or was involved in the industry as well. He read the script, loved it. He was like, can I be a part of it? So he was going to be in the studio with the other guy. Yeah, um, Parkinson. Yep. Yeah, Parkinson. Um, to be able to kind of like help with the phone lines because they actually had a line, a telephone number you could call into to share your own paranormal story. As the broadcast was happening. As the broadcast was happening. Very so cool. it was a lot of that, you know... Um, kind of like back and forth, so you know, interactive with the live said, audience. So, so was this, so you say this is a mockumentary. So this, this, did this actually happen or was this just like portraying the event of the paranormal? It wasn't even like this. So the paranormal event itself was kind of a play on the Enfield haunting that had been investigated and broadcasted. That was like kind of, um, but this, like what happened in Ghostwatch completely made up. Gotcha. They just but filmed just, it as if it was actually happening. So the, the event happened or happened quote unquote quote unquote happened. it happened in the broadcast and then, so then they took like a okay i see what you mean gotcha they basically so if you're familiar with um you know the conjuring movies 
the second Conjuring movie is based off of the Enfield haunting. Right. Um, of the Enfield poltergeist, which was an actual British family that had reported being haunted yeah. by a poltergeist. And there was paranormal investigators that came into the home and tried to document right. a lot. And Lorraine Warren um, definitely wasn't, weren't involved a whole lot, but they were there at some point or another. Um, there was actually, so last podcast on the left did a whole, did a couple episode series on Enfield. And, um, there was Maurice Gross and Guy Playfair, the ones who were actually involved in the investigation. And it's kind of like a bit of a bummer that they turned it into a Conjuring movie surrounding Ed and Lorraine Warren rather than talking about Playfair and Gross. But anyways, um, it's basically a play on that haunting of um, these young children, specifically the two slightly older girls um, in the... Uh, I can't remember their actual name, their last name of the family, which is unfortunate. But anyways, um, who lived, you know where they did um reporting a haunting of a poltergeist anyways so um yeah so sarah um mike smith and then there was um another guy who was really well known for playing in there was a british uh, television show it was like a sci-fi show called red dwarf uh craig charles was um from that show and he was cast as an accompanying reporter so they were all very, very familiar cool. within you know the public sphere yeah, of that's television neat. for so the four british. main four main characters there it sounds like yes yeah um so sorry can you say that last guy again craig charles charles so we have yeah. green charles parkinson and smith yes gotcha yep yep um, okay, yeah. So basically, as I said, it was um, a lot of... So recently, this was around the same time that the Enfield stuff had been reported. Or actually, no, this was a few decades later because Enfield was like the 70s, late 70s. Um, and a big thing with the reports of the Enfield taunting was the debate of, you know, what because there was evidence that was unexplainable with the Enfield taunting. But then there was evidence that it was likely that the one of the main daughter who's experience, experiencing it, Jane was faking some of the phenomenon. Ooh. So there was a big debate on if you it was actually happening or if she was, you know, just doing it to get attention yep. because yep. their family wasn't really, you know, well off. It's kind of hard to do in, in, in that kind of time though, eh? Um, some of the stuff would have been easy. Some of the stuff to this day, like there's witnesses and they like, I don't know how it happened because there's no way she could have faked it. So there, that's where oh, it's like kind of back neat, and forth. Neat. But okay. there is that slight room of maybe she, you know, was experiencing some of it, just phenomenon, but then added on with stuff that she did fake to get more attention and keep people that, around and more. And that makes sense. It's a fair, um, fair and, But then that also just like leads in a foot in the door for skepticism. So that was kind of an interesting thing that this sort of story had been developed after that kind of big part of things being reported in the media, British media, about paranormal happenings. Um, and it's kind of like a play on that skepticism versus like how much, you know, is actually like true, you know, this could be actually happening or it is being faked. Um, so folks, uh, Volks at first had a hard time convincing producers at BBC to kind of keep things a little more ambiguous and like truthfully, um, you know, that this could actually be real. Right. Um, the same way that like, uh, later on the, the guys who directed Blair Witch, they, it was very much for the longest time until obviously, you know, you kind of get to it that. It, it was just a film, but they, they made a website. They, Are, you know, the actors weren't involved in a lot of stuff at first. So you believed that the people in the movie, like it was an actual like was documentary. It, was it from the production company saying like, we don't think that this will 
look like it looked like it will be real or no, did they, they actually not they believe didn't want to mislead story? audience they didn't want to mislead the audience That's in so- case like they actually believed it so what the bbc ended up doing was um insisting on disclaimers so the 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 telephone line that they sent uh, they uh set up there was a dis- when you first called it it they would be like a pre-recorded message saying you know that this is entirely based on drama uh you know, just for entertainment purposes for, you know, Halloween. Um, but if you do have any stories you do want to share that you feel, you know, was like true paranormal happenings or just, you know, a fun paranormal story, you know, stay on the line and we'll get you on the show. Right. And then, um, for all the promos, it did mention how it was a, like, it was a drama scripted, you know, special. Right. It was a special. Yeah. Um, and then there, I think there was like a few articles in like a popular magazine about it that also referenced that. But the important thing to note here, so, oh, and then at the very start of the broadcast, it basically introduces it as, like, so-and-so, uh, like, all of these, like, four main people starring in Ghost Watch. Like, it... It was if, a scripted if thing. If you're paying attention to the disclaimers, right. you're going to know it's not actually true. But or, pro- or, or, sorry, it wasn't, like, this is this wasn't, wasn't the live footage. Like, this wasn't the people I mean, doing it, the thing. It, like, it... I mean, it like it was, but it wasn't. Anyways, um, they they did as much as possible to make it live. So they had that back and forth. They had interviews like in real they time. They actually have live footage. Yeah, like they were going back and forth with the reporter. Like it oh. was. They did. They had it set up as I, if I it was. They just acted. Everything the was just thing. set up though with like special, you know, effects throughout the house. Um. Right. So Sorry, I just lost track. Trying to. So they, they had special effects throughout the house where the event happened. Do they actually have live footage of the event? They had. They had. So they had some pre-recorded stuff, and then there was stuff like the interviews were happening in real right. time. Right. Right. There okay. was interviews happening in real time, and then they did have other footage that oh. was like recorded before the broadcast. That like you know. Okay. It's hard to explain this because you're not understanding what I'm saying. Like the obviously so. In the studio, I, I, I need to get into the broadcast. I'm still into, yeah, yeah. into the production no, stuff. Jump, jump to it. We, we're we're losing um, a lot of time. But so basically there is um, – so in the studio with the other guy, Parkinson, who's like hosting the whole thing, there is the paranormal investigator who worked with the family previously who has all this other footage of trying to document whatever's happening in the house to figure out what's happening because it's this mother and two daughters That's that the are experiencing – actual event happened to. <sighs> There was no actual haunting in this family, but they had footage that they like, quote unquote, footage. Like they filmed stuff to be able to. I don't think you're understanding what I'm saying. Because, well, I was under the impression that it's it's a ghost movie, but they played it like it was an actual like investigation that they were documenting. Okay, so it's a ghost movie. When you say actual investigation, you mean they were investigating an event of a poltergeist event they were quote-unquote investigating a quote-unquote poltergeist event that didn't actually happen no it's you like you said it did no it's an amalgamation of like similar cases that were documented as real but the specific that's what i already said to you at the start of this was that the actual investigation quote-unquote that they did in ghost watch isn't like didn't actually happen they faked it all the investigation but the event the investigation of the event you can investigate the actual event, but you said the event was No, real. like all of the paranormal, weird paranormal stuff that happens, they they edited all that to happen. Oh. And they like set up, you know, different sound and shit and, and things moving That's around. That's not as cool. That, it's all the, fake. The, the point is to make it look real, though. It's all fake, though. Uh, yeah, it is. I want real poltergeist events. <laughs> but they made... Yeah, I but did. they... 
I demand. No, I'm oh saying. my god! I from the beginning, I've been trying to say that it's they, it's not real, but they made it look real. That yeah, you know, Sorry. it's a I'm found a, footage. I must special. have not have got that. I just uh, for for me, and I and I would. Pro- I think that just kind of speaks to the fact, though, like me trying to explain this premise. Like I think that just kind of speaks to the fact that where I'll get late into a little bit later if I can continue talking for a little. Of bit. Of course, yes. Um that a lot of people did believe it. And I think your confusion on still thinking that something actually did happen, nothing actually happened. See, it was all faked for the show. I just, I, but they made it look real because they stuck to the authenticity, yeah. the authenticity of it. I don't want to speak for everybody, but I do think that real paranormal events are a lot cooler than ones that are faked. Um, I would so agree as well because time. I actually believe that paranormal events are a thing. I think there are too. But there's I think that's many, what's interesting about this though is that it, it really plays Can into we, that fact. Um, okay, so because we are losing daylight um, in, in the weird. Okay, of, but if I could just get through more of it. I just – can we – is it okay if we jump to – because I know there's like I a was of, literally on my last point of okay, the production. I was going to get into the broadcast sure. and now you're just making it Guys, buckle up. Okay, anyway, so the point is, the last thing I wanted to say about the production is that BBC took a lot of time and care to have a lot of disclaimers leading up to the broadcast. The important thing to remember going into me explaining what happens during the broadcast is once it starts, that final disclaimer before the show starts, the special starts, up until the very end, they make no reference to it being a drama. It is all played like it is actually real life happening. Right. They make no reference to it being a scripted special that had writers. They're like, they, it, it's played as if it was a real investigation. Okay. This is actually happening to cool. the people. Okay. Okay. The, wait, like before the movie was released? Or like. It was on TV. It was on BBC. Right. So at the very beginning, like, you know how, like, when shows start, it'll, like, sometimes on, like, regular cable television. It'll have like maybe um, yeah, 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 yeah. it's like rating it's so it's rated PG for blah, 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 blah. Right. Or they'll have like an intro if there's like a TV special yep, to like this, yep. you know, this story, blah, blah, blah. Um, it was it was an introduction that, you know, this is a BBC special for Halloween. You know, um, this is, you know, Michael Parkinson, Mike Smith, Sarah Green and Craig Charles starring in Ghost Watch. And then it leads to the opening of um, Parkinson in the studio, introducing what's happening in the special. Once it opens on him in the studio, they make no reference to it being scripted. But okay, did I forget, or did I mishear that you said that? But prior to the, the to it being on air, yes. Yeah, so any promos they ran leading up to the day of, yeah. Um, they they made reference to it being a drama. Okay, cool, 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 cool. Yeah, okay. they, that the BBC took care to do that. But then, um, but the actual... once it actual started. Nothing else. It was gotcha. played completely real life straight. So you're saying if somebody didn't see a promo, they'd yeah. be, they'd be they, lost. They, and if they didn't pay attention at the start of it, then they would have no That's idea. just a very like specific thing that like I don't think really... I, I Well, I think it's important because effect. BBC took the time to say all of this, but then there's still so many people that fully believed what was happening. Anywho. So weird. Um, so once the broadcast went live, it had a 11 million viewers, which was the highest it had ever been for a UK Concurrently? broadcast. Like, while it was on. Holy shit. Yep. Highest UK broadcast had ever had at that point. Um, with this crazy amount of viewers, had about 20 to... Th- or was it... Oh, crap. I can't remember the exact... Let's say I 20. think it was Let's like say 20. 20 to 30,000 calls to their lines. The line on the For their show. phones. Their phone lines. So Was that phone line a real phone line then? Yeah. It was so jammed up 
that the um so they the whole like telephone thing was all like fucked and jammed up and everyone was like in this huge do they do they expect that phone line to be an actual phone line yeah. Like, well, after it aired, they were like, "This is going to be an open phone line." Yeah. No, they in. meant for it to call so oh. that the, so that viewers could call in and interact. Oh, because because they, they actually yeah, the, no, it was like a legitimate the whole telephone. Show was a so live that's what I mean. Broadcast. It was a legitimate telephone line that they sent out for people to call in, and they had a pre-recorded message when people called into the line oh, saying, wow. "Hey, like it was a disclaimer on how the show, like the story, wasn't actually real." Um, but like, feel free to share your own paranormal stories I with see, us see, while see, we're I see, airing. Yeah, gotcha. But the problem is, though, is that because there's so many calls to the telephone line that because of how jammed up everything got, that their pre-recorded message stopped working. That's terrifying. So no one heard that when they called in. So now they're on a line waiting and watching all of this crazy shit happen. Yeah. Waiting to tell their paranormal story. They're hearing other paranormal stories and they're having Parkinson and this like doctor chick right. talk about what's happening and blah, blah, because blah. Because in the recording, in the actual, sh- like in Ghost Watch, they're taking in calls pre-recorded yeah. the whole script of it all yeah they had a pre-recorded message while you're waiting in the queue but but that during didn't work. but f- in film they're taking live calls in film they're taking they're taking calls right yeah live calls yeah no not live calls no yeah it's a telephone line you can call live, into a live call would be somebody watching the show yeah but it was all scripted no they had a telephone number that they put on the screen that Mike but Smith was, was running. It's already been recorded. No. The show's already done. No. No. They recorded an hour special. No. What are you talking about? No, it was like in studio. I'm so confused. I don't think you understand. They had like, okay, so they had a an, like a, a fake investigator cast in a role that had worked with the family that they were doing this broadcast on. Right. They had footage that they would show in studio from her investigation, but everything else done was was done on the night of. Everything was scripted, but it was done on the night of. What the? At least that's the impression shit? I was left with from my research. Is that there was we're l- jumping so many different things through. Like- no, I've been trying to explain that they were doing this as okay, if it was so a live this was broadcast. An actual live broadcast. Yes, it was as a, yeah. No, was it recorded as a live broadcast? Or as soon as it hit that time, was there a live broadcast happening at a, with 11 million viewers? From the from what I like, it was from my impression of all my research and information on this. It was it was done as a like it, it was a live broadcast. So it was a real. Everyone live had a script broadcast. to follow, but it was a live broadcast. Okay, because I was told that this um, what is his name Volk. He had a he, six. He had a six episode special yeah, that he then he, turned into a already recorded and scripted hour long thing. No, he. What I said was that at the his in his original idea that his six episode was supposed to be a live broadcast. Okay, like it's set up as you know a live. Broadcast. I thought it was like a, a scripted. No, they hour wanted to long. get it to a one hour special. He goes, okay, we're gonna do my six episode idea. Then we're gonna make it a live broadcast. Okay. Okay. They had a real telephone line for people to call they in. They had a real telephone That's line why it got for jammed the live That's, That's why okay. the lines got jammed up because there was actual people trying to call. I just thought it was like they recorded it and then during, obviously, no, after they after production, after actively calling into the studio. There was people calling in. That makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. Anywho. All over the place, Rye. I'm sorry. I guess I just, the way I was explaining it was misleading. To I also sorry. might just be an idiot. Let me know, guys. I thought I was explaining it clearly that they, you know, it was, it was, the the content was scripted, but it was a live broadcast. But maybe I didn't. Explain There's just that verbiage properly. about live and not live. 
and pre-recorded and fake that like you used. Okay, but there was a lot of moving pieces involved in this, but right. the actual like special itself was live broadcast. Gotcha. Anyway. Anywho. So as I said, the show opens with Parkinson um, explaining basically what's happening. So that Sarah Green and Craig Charles are on the ground with the family. Um, it's this mother and daughter. So I actually here I have this little clip from the or little like quote from the article. Oh, I'd love a clip. Um, from one of the like the the people behind it. It's not Volk, but I think it's like Leslie something. I can't remember her her last name. Um, the script focused on the story of two girls, Kim and Suzanne early, Suzanne early and their mother, Pam, who lived in a reportedly haunted council house in North Holt, London. It was presented as a live ghost hunt with reporters, interviews, and a film crew in the house and an anchorman in the studio. To quote the screenplay, certain parts will be played by real television personalities using their true, true names. Then there's a few callers stating that they saw something suspicious in the footage shown from evidence collected from the paranormal investigator. So basically what happens is he opens, explains all of the mechanisms of this that, you know, Sarah and Craig are on the ground, that sort of thing. Calls start coming in as they he's talking with the paranormal investigator. Um, you know, we see, we cut to Sarah and Craig for a bit. Craig's outside the house interviewing neighbors and people on the street. Sarah's inside the house with the family talking to the mother and the daughters. And then they start, you know, um, from the studio, they share footage from the paranormal investigator that had already worked with them. And then uh, Parkinson and her were talking back and forth and he's kind of playing the skeptic and she's like, no, no, no. You know, there's evidence that this is actually happening. Um, at some point, as I said, as they're showing footage, um, people start calling in. They're like, oh, I saw this like creepy figure in the back of the footage. Like there's something that's actually there. And then the and this was meant to be there because it's a scripted documentary. Yes. Um, and then they and then that's where like some of the like investigator footage, it, you can tell obviously they've done versions of it to be right. used for it. She asked the investigator asked for it to be put back up in the studio for them to review the tape. Of course, when they do it in studio, there's nothing there. Right. You don't see anything. Um, and Wait, then why? eventually they start to, because it's probably a version of the tape that they didn't do any effects with to have a shadowy figure in the background. I see. To was kind that, of play up the skepticism. Was that a scripted thing or was that? Yes, to okay. play up the skepticism. I'm I see. Get there. I see what you mean. So, and then throughout the broadcast, um, both in other clips of um, the haunting and even within the studio when they're kind of li listening because um, the way the studio is lit that depending on the angle you can kind of it's mostly like dark in the background um, at one point the paranormal investigator and the Parkinson in the studio are listening to an audio clip of what she's like recorded in the house when investigating the family um, and you can kind of see behind her as they're listening to the clip, this like shadowy figure coming in and out behind her. Oh, so there's this looming no. of, and this like these weird distorted figures in the background of the footage around the house. Right. As well. So you can kind of start to get the idea that there's something like haunting, quote unquote, and this and whole said, broadcast. And, and it's uh, Sarah Green, who's the Sarah reporter. Green is the one of the reporters. Yes. So she's the main person that's like walking around the house. And yes. Doing the things. She's gotcha. the one with the family and gotcha. Craig is outside with everybody else. Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, as I said, you can see these hidden figures all over the broadcast. Um, and then, so as, and then eventually like you start getting paranormal invest, uh, events escalating in the house. So there's the pipes are making weird sounds. There's stuff getting moved around the, the thing. You're hearing weird noises from the basement, that sort of thing. As these start to escalate, there's more and more callers calling in that they're right. also seeing stuff in the footage, both live and, and played back. Um, and they're also having weird shit happening at their own homes while they're watching the broadcast. They're like, there's some fucked up shit going on. Like, no this is crazy, way. you guys. 
it's you know placebo you think for that creepy shit's happening 100%. but it has an effect on you oh yeah people had never seen something like this before think about the hysteria 92. that happened with the the radio broadcast of war of the worlds the the war of the worlds uh people f- fully thought um that there was an actual alien invasion happening it's the same idea right um so yeah um, a lot of skeptic debate back and forth, as I said. There was actually uh, footage as they were investigating the house. One of the camera people there with like Sarah and Craig, as they're kind of going through and watching throughout the night, they happen to catch one of the girls behind a door in like a kind of like a false wall, banging on pipes, trying to make noises. So then, of course, in the studio, Parkinson's is like, well, obviously they're faking this. It's being dramatic. And she's like, no, 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 no. There was other phenomena, like something else that the investigator in the studio was right. She's like, there are other things that aren't explainable that the girls could not have possibly done. And he's like, no, 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 no. She's banging on the pipes, blah, blah, blah. There's this back and forth the same there's way that the there was with the Enfield and haunting. There's the, yes, that makes sense. Yes. Um, but all this is scripted. Yes. Right. Yes. Yes. Okay. I just wanted to... You're just really... I want to follow now because I don't know if I fucked up or if Um, you fucked up. So, so, and then basically it gets to a point where, again, things, as I said, escalate. And all of a sudden you can start hearing these like horrible cat noises coming from the basement in the house. And there's this just like weird ominous thing as they, you know, throughout the night as they're kind of doing a house tour with everybody that there's like some creepy shit about the basement. That's kind of a focus of this stuff. Um, it gets to the point in the night where they get a caller from a man who says that he knows about what actually happened in the house. And there oh, was this so guy this who's... one random call gets through? Yeah. So right. I f- if that part was probably scripted. I'm not going to lie. Like, obviously not all of this is fully, like, live and true. Yeah. But they get a caller in who talks about he knows what happens in that house happened in the house and there was a man who used to live there and he used to have tools all in the basement and something happened to him and he had a bunch of cats there and the cats were locked in the basement with him and it took 12 days information to know sir and the so this guy died um and it took like 12 days to find him and the cats were locked in the basement with them and it's like well after 12 days the cats are going to get hungry and you, you don't say yeah anyway so you hear all these like creepy cat noises and that's probably them trying to like you know freaking out to get out and the only thing they can feast on is this dude's dead body so anyways really creepy shit happening um and then things really start to come to a head in the studio as all of this is going on um the lights go out and then all of a sudden michael Parkinson in studio gets possessed by the spirit that's connected to this haunting has kind of been haunting the broadcast. And that's obviously where you start to know, okay, like no one actually gets possessed. This is obviously fake, but uh, it was okay. such a quick turn of events and he played it so believably. And Good then actor. eventually the, right. the, the broadcast just cuts out, right? Like, mm-hmm. Oh, we're sorry. We're having technical difficulties. Um, that everyone was like, what the fuck just happened? Like, Oh my God, what is going on? Um, and I think it also helps too when you're watching it because, you know, as I mentioned, Mike Smith, who's also in the studio with the phone lines, he's actually married in real life to Sarah Green. Oh, cool. So you also get the play of this man has genuine concern for his wife this entire time as things start to escalate. Uh, so you have all these other emotional aspects that are making you believe in what's actually 100% happening. believing. A hundred percent. Right. That's fair. And that is just the surface of what's going on. There's all these super fine details and what they're, what they're debating and what's happening as far as the haunting goes. So this is where I really recommend if you're even remotely interested to go watch it. It's very good. Um, so in the aftermath, a lot of people thought it was real, as I said. Sorry, what were you going to ask? Um, one, I really have to go to the washroom. Full disclosure. Two, because we you are barreled re- through that beer. Well, we're also like 
We're already like an hour into this episode. I didn't realize it was like an hour. I'm literally on my so last. So we are points. doing a rabbit hole. So I'm giving you all the time you want. Okay. Um, but I'm using this time. If anybody else listening to this episode needs to take a washroom break, now is your time. Pause, and we will be right back. Okay. And we're back. Everybody. Okay, we're back. I hope you guys got everything out of your system. Had a nice break. I think I hope you guys had like a nice second break because I had we had like a two minute one. Yeah. Anyways, I grabbed myself another drink. Yes. To finish off this wonderful rabbit hole episode. Okay. So, anyways, getting back to it. As I said, a lot of people thought this was real and they like freaked out. Um, one little funny anecdote is that a woman actually, so amongst all the regular heckling of like, oh, I have a bone to pick with you. Like that was, you know, unnecessarily scary sort of thing or whatever. Right. Um, the BBC slash Vogue actually had a woman call and like reach out to them about a reimbursement for trousers because her husband soiled himself while watching the podcast. What? Like he literally like shit himself. A call, so a caller wanted like called in to get a reimbursement. This woman reached this. out to the BBC and was like, "Um, I want to be in reimbursed for the trousers that my husband Is ruined while after watching. the actual airing of the show." Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like, "Um, he needs new trousers because he shit himself." Why does that have to be an anecdote for that? I just thought it was really funny. Amongst, it's absolutely hysterical. It's a specific story that gets referenced. In how, both, how does that get out to the public? No, it gets well because it gets reported on. So it's specific. That specific anecdote was referenced in both videos I watched and in the article that I read. Mm. Like it has to be on there. That's hilarious. Um, some of the unfortunate thing though that also came, the unfortunate things that came is uh, a little while later after the broadcast, there were reports of you know, um, I guess like an increase uh, amongst children who had watched the broadcast of having PTSD, which I don't know how much Aww. reporting was on it, but yeah. Um, and then there was one specific case of a fourteen or not fourteen, uh, eighteen year old boy who had the mental age of a thirteen year old, and he was a very like slow to kind of like learn and pick up mm-hmm, on things. Mm-hmm. Um, I, he was probably going through a lot of emotional turmoil and in his home as well, there was specifically something that p- pointed out that, um, he lived in an older house where the pipes made a lot of noise that was similar to the noises that the pipes made in the house in the special. Right. And, um, he unfortunately did kill himself, kill himself. Um, and in his suicide note, he said, if ghosts are real, actually, here's a quote that I have. If ghosts are real, then I will be with you as a ghost. Wow. And it just all the circumstances surrounding him are just all around creepy. Do I think it's like fully connected? I guess his family had thought that it was mostly because of the broadcast. So we're talking like this thing was well it scripted and written. Affected and people. It it was it affected a, it people. Worked. His family definitely felt like it was involved with the show. I feel like obviously there's certain things that maybe the show just kind of brought out. Um but yeah, so there was unfortunate controversies wow. surrounding the whole thing. Terrifying. Um the show was actually nominated for a BAFTA. It's, oh. it's like British, yep. like television yeah, and yeah. film award. Um, it was nominated for a BAFTA. Like it was going to get awarded things. Mm-hmm. Like it was mm-hmm. well done. Mm-hmm. But because of everything going on and all the controversy, especially regarding, you know, the PTSD and the children and and um, the case of the one kid, um, BBC basically wanted to separate itself as quickly as possible from this. And right. Banned certain magazines from talking about it. They didn't run anymore. Like they didn't run the special anymore. Didn't have any more references with anything BBC with Ghostwatch. Um, so it kind of just kind of like faded away into history for a while. As the internet kind of rose to the level that it was, there was pirated copies of Ghostwatch 
in a bunch of places and started to develop more of like a cult following. And a lot of people recognized it as a really great piece of like found footage media um, in the horror genre and just kind of like a good like ghost story. Um, and the care and attention that was taken to making it believable as possible was really innovative and fun as well. Right. So then, so, so this is a live broadcast that was recorded the whole time that was then made into sort of a, do- a mockumentary document. Yeah, yeah, basically, essentially. Gotcha. Um, and then uh, Volk started hearing from a lot of people that, while, yes, it scared them senseless, you know, when they watched Ghostwatch when they were younger, it made a big impression on them and was kind of sometimes, for a lot of them, their first foray into the horror genre and ghost, you know, story genre. And they have a special love and appreciation for it for how it kind of affected them. Mm-hmm. Now it's well regarded as being a very well ex- executed piece of media um, when it comes to the fa- that sort of like genre of yeah. uh, movie and just kind of that whole like mockumentary style as well. And it definitely, I'm sure, influenced um, projects to kind of go um, afterwards. But yeah, that's basically it all I have to say for that. But uh, it definitely has a very specific imprint and has a lot of like crazy stuff surrounding it. Um, but it's also a really well told story and I think a really well told look into paranormal investigation and kind of the skepticism behind it and um just like a generally good ghost story and a believable found footage version of a horror story that is fantastic yeah i do like um ultimately the the way that you know volk wanted to tell the story yep um i think that was really well done and the fact that it did make this way like how much you know of an impact yeah he must have just been a really great director writer you know yeah. everything in between so yeah. kudos yeah um i it, it sounds really interesting it's a really really fun piece of media that um i do uh, i was happy to have stumbled across yeah um because of how like kind of like into it i got into like the horror genre and you know shutter and stuff like that and and just the you know the different um channels that i follow on youtube as well for that um it, it was a really wonderful thing to stumble upon because it was kind of like a really fun amalgamation of a lot of the things that I do enjoy. Um, and, you know, it's always really fun, especially with a story type as old as a ghost story to be able to have a really interesting, innovative way to tell it. And they definitely accomplished that with yeah, Ghost Yeah, sounds like it. Yeah. You're definitely a found footage type gal, um, which I love. I'm definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm a guy, but uh, I'm not a found footage person. But no, um, I love that story, and that sounds like a really a really sick sort of little rendition. Yeah. Um, sorry, folks, for all the confusion that I may yeah, have had. Yeah, it's okay. Uh, but Ryan did a great job of explaining. So another oh, big round of applause for Ryan's dedicated rabbit hole uh, in- input. Um, yeah. What definitely a, definitely a good one. I yeah. think. The paranormal stuff I'm always interested in. Yeah. I would love more of an actual paranormal event explained. I and I honestly am so down to do love it because there's that. so many different hauntings and other like phenomena like that that I'd love to get into. Um, but I thought this one would be, I mean, obviously the episode went longer than normal because it is a little bit more involved when it comes to explanation wise. Um, but I thought this would be a really fun one to kind of get back into that with. For sure. Um, and kind of keep it a little short because it's very self-contained thing rather than that was short no, i'm just kidding <laughs> come on it, dude no, it's a it, deep dive if, i should have known but i knew that this was a rabbit hole so i want people to know that if you know, it is the time, if the timestamp says an hour and 20 it's because it's a fucking rabbit hole yeah. get your get yourself in here and get, get it together ready Hunker get ready down. i love that we're saying all this at the end of the episode <laughs> yeah <laughs> i don't know we, we start. it's the the point about a rabbit hole is that we don't know how long it's gonna go we don't know what's exactly. gonna happen we don't we have no idea 
But yeah, there's there's a lot of paranormal investigations that I would love to talk about. I also am really lucky to have many resources based off of things that uh, I like to watch and consume that will give context on that. Especially, I've shouted them out before and I'll shout them out again. Yes. Last podcast on the left. Take a lot of great time and care. Um, not that I think they'll ever hear this, but... Um, you never know. You never know. Um, Marcus, Henry, and Ben do a wonderful job. Marcus does a lot of great work when it comes to his research. Same with Henry and the research assistants that they have. Um, and I, I'm i so interested in things like occult and true crime and, and paranormal investigations and other weird you know, crap and they investigate all of it and they do it with a really fun sense of humor, but also a sense of respect for some of the more tragic aspects of things. Um, so that's why I really enjoy them. I love it. And, uh, yeah. Dedication to anything is, is always one of my favorite things to watch people like put, put their time in. Like Mm -hmm. I think, you know, watching people do something they love to do is my number one greatest feeling so and if y'all ever want to chat about random true crime or paranormal stuff message um any of the podcast pages or um, message me on instagram at ryan taylor porter uh p-o-r-t-e-r oh you're gonna show yourself out yeah ryan r-i-a-n um yeah (laughs) no (laughs) a little nice plug for my personal page if any of this stuff interests you any of that thriller you know uh found footage you know paranormal kind of stuff ryan's Mm -hmm. definitely more on that level if you guys like a marvel movies hit me up at curtis friesen f R-E-E-Z-I-N. Um, yeah, we have our own interests, and that's why we love this podcast. And, uh, we I need think, to share and, those. Yes, absolutely. I was going to say something. Gosh darn it. Sorry, I distracted you with the plug for my uh, personal there. Yeah, you definitely did. Um, but yeah, <laughs> that basically does it. That's it, guys. This is long enough, and we appreciate you sitting down with us and enjoying this. Uh, I've been looking forward to getting to do this for a while and get back into it. So if you want to hear more, as I said, I feel like the response we've gotten from the polls and stuff, people definitely want to hear more of these types of episodes. So I'm totally down to I don't to know if they want them. it to be an hour and a half, but... We can we can work on condensing it down, but... If you're still here listening to our voices... We love you and appreciate you. Send us a message with um, a cheers, the cheers emoji. Yes. Just quickly, right now. Yeah. Do it quick. Do it. Send it off. Please, please, please. Because if Whoosh. anybody who's still here... You, you guys get a free pine glass. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to give it away because you're dedicated and I love that. Um, anyways, guys, thanks so much. Episode 98. One step closer to that big old 100. Still can't believe it. We love you guys so much and we will catch you guys next week. Peace.